Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello and welcome to the episode. Loyal listeners to this podcast will know that I'm passionate about the need to transform how people or customers engage with energy. Now, I'm not expecting most people to look at an app every day or be fluent in speaking kilowatts, kilowatt hours and capacity prices. But for a successful energy transition, I think we'll need customers who are far better informed, engaged and empowered to act than they are today. In general, the energy sector, in my view, has got a long, long way to go to achieve this. So I'm delighted today to welcome guests who can bring to life a successful story from the Swedish market and customer engagement. Without further ado, let's say hello to our guests. First, Daniel Snig, who is online and digital manager at Swedish energy company, bear with me on the pronunciation, Hamstad Energi och Miljö. Uh, which I'll refer to as HEM going forward. Hello, Daniel. Hi, John. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, for our listeners' benefits, can you just give the proper pronunciation before we go back to HEM as the name of your company? Well, the pronunciation is Hamstads Energy and Milieu. Okay, so I was reasonably close, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's refer to it as HEM going forward. Uh, whereabouts in Sweden is HEM based, Daniel? Well, HEM is a local company located in a city called Halmstad in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And is that in the south, the middle, the north? The... Uh, it's the uh, southwest side of Sweden. Okay. Um, and how big is the city or roughly how many customers do you have? We handle about 70,000 customers in total. Okay. Um, thanks very much, Daniel. We'll come back to you shortly and hear more about your work with customer engagement. Second guest is Thomas Forshell, Customer Success Manager at Bright, who are a provider of digital services to energy companies. Hello, Thomas. Hello, John. Thanks for having us. Thomas, can you give us a very brief introduction to Bright and your role at Bright? Uh, Sure. Yeah, so we are a B2B tech company based here in Stockholm, Sweden, and we offer a digital white label platform uh, which is designed for utility companies to be able to better communicate with their customers. Uh, so with our app, the, the end users are able to monitor and control their energy consumption, which in turn then helps them save money and make more informed uh, decisions about their households. Great. And um, because, yeah. Uh, what's your role, Thomas, at Bright? Uh, Yes, so my role at Bright is basically to support our corporate customers and to make sure that they receive as much value as possible from from using our platform. Okay, and you've got customers in Sweden, obviously, outside of Sweden as well, or in the Nordics or beyond? Right, so our main market as of now is in the the Nordics. Uh, We have the biggest customer base here in Sweden, but we also have customers in, in Norway and Finland. Great, okay. Thanks, Thomas. We'll come back to you shortly. Uh, last but not least, our third and final guest is David Trevethick, our energy and customer insights expert here at LCP Delta. Hello, David. Hello, John. It's great to be here. 
Um, welcome back to the podcast. Many of our listeners will know you from previous episodes. So let's get on to the story in that we talked about at the beginning about customer engagement with HEM. Daniel, can you tell us a bit about uh, the journey you've been on, where where you were a couple of years ago with customer engagement, roughly where you've got to today, where you'd like it to get to, and most importantly, why you're on the journey you're on. Well, of course, when when we st- when I started working at HEM, it was three years ago. Uh, customer engagement was really low, but on the other hand. Uh, except from invoices and social medias, we haven't done much to really increase the customer engagement. So when I started to work at HEM, I applied a data-driven approach in order to create customer value working with commercial development. So I started to ask myself, for whom do we exist and how can we make their life much better? So back then, the electricity was still a low engagement product, and we wanted to increase the level of knowledge and, and engagement among our customers. Why, so, why, why did you want to do that, Daniel? What was driving? Was that your, well, was that your passion, or was it, a corporate, was it a company decision? I would say both, because I think that the um, uh, customer engagement is very vital. Uh, to be able to influence and guide customers uh, concerning energy consumptions. So, uh, and to be able to do so, we needed to be more relevant and available uh, firmly. And uh, and pretty much you don't get much more accessible than being the phones of your customers. Yeah. So previously you, you said when you joined, it was mainly invoices and social media. Yeah, uh, and your job was to transform that to something much more than invoices and social media. Exactly. So by, uh, for example, offering digital services that makes the everyday easier for the customers, has yeah. had a, a very important impact on customer uh, engagement. And can you bring that to life with a couple of examples, or talk a bit about what you've done in the last couple of years and? What yeah, sort well, of engagement you have today compared to that invoices and social media you described uh, well, when you joined. To start with, we we started with the web page, which we have increased engagement by uh, enormously, and uh, we added some chat function to that web page as well, uh, and we reach a bigger amount of customers uh, using that function. And now when we we added the uh, mobile app with uh, Bright, we have increased the accessibility enormously. So our digital channels is some sort of an ecosystem of customer channels, which is mm. integrated into each other to have the best impact and reach and creating the best availability for our customers. And what sort of things can customers do on their phones through the app, through the Bright app or through the website now? that they compare to that invoices and social media that you talked about? Well, first of all, I think it's to start with, it's, it's to increase the level of knowledge regarding the energy uh, consumption. So by using the mobile app, you can have easy access to the invoices, but you can also see, follow and analyze your consumption behavior, both on uh, electricity and uh, district heating, for instance. 
Yeah. Um, but we also handle the fully engaged customer who have like electric cars, solar panels, uh, garbage disposal, and so on. So if I've got electric, yeah, go on, Dan, go on, Thomas. Yeah, no, just to add on what you were saying, I was thinking about what we were talking about before, how, I mean, electricity, energy, it's it's quite a complex uh, product and it's really difficult for, for many people to understand, um, as, as you mentioned in the beginning as well, John. So I think what we at Bright try to do is we, we take something complex and we try to visualize it in a way so that people can actually understand what they're, they're looking at. Um, David, is this a typical story that you hear about and talk with energy retailers about across Europe from that Daniel and Thomas have described? Yeah, no, definitely, John. I mean, customer engagement via so Energy Insight apps has, uh, has picked up a lot, particularly in the last year, actually, with the uh, energy crisis. So we've got about 40 million homes across Europe now using uh, Energy Insights apps, and we expect that to grow you know, significantly over the, over the coming years. But, you know, beyond the, the numbers, you know, energy retailers are really wanting to support their customers uh, in managing their, their energy, um, particularly at the moment, uh, their energy bills, but also helping to unlock, you know, opportunities in energy services, you know, such as solar and, uh, and EV charging, as we said. But I, I would just so also say that it's, you know, it, it's customer engagement, it's not a tick box exercise. You know, it takes time to build and develop sort of trust with customers. So there's still a long way to go, I think, across the industry to drive that engagement, you know, really to create those sort of prosumers and the energy engaged uh, customer group of tomorrow. Yeah, I, that 40 million number of energy insights app is a big number. But as you say, it's not just about having an energy insights app. It's about the levels of engagement you see within that. Um, Daniel and Thomas, what's your experience with with him being of the level of engagement with the app? How often are people using it, or have you segmented the market so you've got different types of customers using it for different things? When it comes to customer engagement, um, both me and Thomas are very fond of uh, working with customer data. I think it's vital to analyze data to get insights to to be able to act upon and to analyze the effects of different initiatives. So me and Thomas, we meet regularly uh, to discuss data, progress, uh, analytics, combined with marketing efforts to to really stimulate uh, customer engagement. Okay, so you're quite analytical then with what you're doing and the impact and effects and benefits of that. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, we both kind of understand that um, like engaged customers also equals loyal customers, and and yeah. that's why uh, that's why customer engagement is, is so important to look at as a key metric. And what can you give us some examples of the levels of engagement? I don't know if you have groups of customers that are using the app every day or once a month, or what are the most common use cases for for using the app. Well, to start with, we had when we we launched the app about nine months ago, and already twenty five percent of our consumers have signed up using the app. And we okay. look at it in a monthly uh, period; it's about eighty and above percent that uses the app every month. Uh, and the 
I think the, the most visited function is where you analyze your daily uh, energy consumption, for instance. Okay. So having control of your energy level to be able to also control the, the total cost of the demand. So, so it shouldn't be any surprises when the when the bill comes to you. Yeah. Okay. So, and understanding to uh, to manage cost, David, is that typical of what you've seen in other examples? That's often where customers start, and you get the most engagement. Is that simple understanding? Yeah, I, I think so. We we, we see um, customers use various. Um, bits of functionality within the Energy Insights toolkit. Uh, and I think it's it's thinking about Energy Insights really as, as a toolbox mm. and, that, um, and the various component parts work together. Um, so yeah, historic consumption is obviously one of those things. Social comparisons uh, is another when you compare yourself to similar homes. Disaggregation, um, so basically a bill breakdown of where you spend um, your money on eating and lighting and, and so forth. All these things really help build a picture of people's energy use and uh, and point the direction to where they can make savings. Um, Daniel and Thomas, are you looking at social comparisons, disaggregation? Are you developing personas and segments of customers using the data that you're getting from the app? Yeah, for sure. Well, well, we we have a function where you can compare your household to similar households in, in the area okay. to see if, you, if I'm in, in a normal consumption or below or above the average, for instance. But we also recently started to work with uh, what's called lifestyle-based segmentation data. So lifestyle-based segmentation data considers attributes like age, your income, your, your living situation, for instance, if you live in an apartment or house, if you rent the place or own it, your family situation, car spending habits. So there are so many attributes considered, and it's all come down to a total of 14 lifestyle groups. And um, are you getting the customers to enter those attributes themselves? Are you prompting no, them? Or? No, it's external data that we uh, okay. apply to our business data. So. By analyzing, for instance, business data along with yeah. behavioral data and, and uh, now uh, lifestyle-based segmentation data, we can ask us questions like, who are the customers that are actively using the mobile app, for instance, or why, uh, who are the customers being attracted to a new uh, price, uh, spot price model, for instance. Yeah. But the most important is to understand why. So what triggered them? to uh, use that function or signing up for that price model. Okay. That's fascinating because if you can start to understand the why, then exactly. presumably that informs your product development and you can provide customers, a specific customer with a product that's most relevant for them. Exactly. Yeah. So our findings is, when we, we launched the hourly spot price model uh, this summer and we started to analyze the orders and we found four significant groups that were attractive to that specific price model. But they, they differ a lot and uh, being attracted by, to the product by different features. But, but knowing what kind of features trigger them, we are able to apply, as you said, a data-driven communication towards a bigger groups to 
inform and, and attract new customers. Huh. Thomas, are you seeing other energy retailers with similar approaches or is what Daniel's doing sort of quite quite cutting edge? Because I guess you can provide a lot of this functionality, but ultimately it's down to the energy retailer to to use it and adopt this mindset. Um Definitely, and, and as you said, I would I would definitely say that uh, Daniel is in the best of the class, um, if you will. Um, but uh, there's definitely like a need, I think, from from energy providers to to engage more in this sort of uh, like data, um, which uh, allows for yeah, like customer segmentations and uh, yeah. It sounds quite logical when you speak about it, Daniel. Um... Is it yeah, new I, to is it new to him, or have you brought this from your previous experience, or is it something you've just thought about and thought, well, this is a logical approach? Well, it's it's new to him. We started this summer uh, working with lifestyle-based segmentation data, but I have uh, done it before in other cases. Um, but I think to be able to engage your customer, you have to engage in customer yourself. You have to understand the customers and first when you understand the customer you can you have the uh, the right mindset to be able to help them yeah like creating yeah. customer value and could you do something like look at work out which of your customers have got an electric vehicle and offer a tariff specific to them or offer uh, different tariffs or communicate that in the right way to customers with electric vehicles well, that kind of data is not included in my data set, but I think it's possible to uh, to buy that kind of data to uh, to be able to meet customers uh, in that situation. Yes. Yeah. David, presumably... Thing, sorry, go on, Thomas. No, I was just going to say that, um, as you mentioned before, with these uh, kind of social comparisons, I think... One of the key things today is we, we all want to we want to change behaviors, but in order to change behaviors, you really do need insights and transparency. Um, it's it's not really enough anymore to just, you know, uh, show an invoice or uh, provide information. You know, you, you need this kind of self-control for the, the consumers themselves. Yeah, and it's something customers are increasingly used to from other industries is that personalization. Um, For sure. Yeah. So I want to ask a couple of questions about the challenges. So the journey that you're on, Daniel, what's been what's been the biggest challenges or the biggest learnings? And then a bit about the value. It sounds, some people will say customer engagement, that's nice and fluffy, but show me the return on investment. So let's start with the learning from challenges first and then move on to the, the measuring the value. Well, uh, I think to start with, Rome wasn't built in one day. I think it's important to work incremental with optimization and continuously adding customer value and to be able to follow up the effects and share the best practices and, and, and learnings. Um, to be able to measure values and, uh, and, and calculate the return on, on investment, I, I mean, that's the reason why we work data-driven. So, so you're able to measure the effects and, and the outcomes. And I mean, we use several 
KPIs to measure the value we create and also in comparison to the money that we spend on working with improving customer uh, engagement. So you got some example of the examples of those KPIs. Uh, well, for example, we can see that the easy access to information has increased, for instance, the self-service rate, which okay. in, in turn has resulted in less incoming calls to our customer service in some areas. Uh, uh, we can also see, like, uh, talking about churn rate, we, we see that customers that left us before are now coming back to us, thanks to the mobile app. and we. We are getting very good feedback and you can tell that the customers, they really value the transparency and the easy access to the data given by the app, for instance. So there's a reduction in churn and also an attraction in new customers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lower cost through increased self-service. Um, exactly. And uh, I also think that you... You have to put effort into improving customer engagement or you will soon not be able to be attractive as an alternative to the customers. Uh, and then the churn, will, churn rate will rise. Yeah. Thomas, when you're talking about what Bright can do with other energy retailers, are you regularly asked about the measurables, about the data, about the return on investment or... Are energy retailers now very comfortable that there will be a return on investment? No, that's a good question, and and of course that's uh, that's always obviously one of the the first things that they ask. Um, what I mean, what I can see is like over the last year or so, as we've seen, like the interest from consumers uh, has just you know gone up dramatically, uh, dramatically. And um, because of that, I think also energy providers are understanding the value of offering these kind of products. Um, so it really has changed a lot, um, the dynamics. And, and uh, you know, before it was us telling them that they need this, but now they understand yeah. themselves. This is something that the customers actually want. So, it, yeah, it was, I guess, David, I don't know if you feel the same, that Energy Insights was a bit of a push market, but now is more of a pull market. Is that reflective of what you're yeah. saying? I, th I, th I think that's that's fair. I mean, the, you know, the question still comes up. You know, what's the payback um, period? You know, what's the, you know, what, what can, can I make money from this in terms of direct revenue? But I think you know the the, the value buckets that we see at scale is, is as, as Daniel outlined. Really, it's at the moment it's cost to serve reduction, primarily through less inbound calls. And in, in increased uh, customer retention, you know, we, we believe over time, as um, as we'll pivot towards customer services, we'll see that sort of cross-sell uh, value coming through. But kind of the, the robust examples aren't aren't quite there yet. But we think they'll come through. But you know, importantly, all this is underpinned by by customer engagement. You know, you need that to effectively oil the wheels of the actual value streams um, that you can put a, a euro uh, sign, you know, attach a euro um, amount to. And an example of that cross-sale could be a tariff or it could be a, a specific quote for photovoltaics on someone's roof with, with the right marketing message and a specific savings for an individual customer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also it's worth exactly. noting that, um, sorry to cut you off, um, but I think it's worth noting that 
like today, in order to be successful as a company, you really do need to be digital. And if we look at Sweden, for example, um, consumers here are very used to having these mm. digital solutions in their everyday life. Uh, just look at Spotify, Netflix, or really any other digital application. And I think that the energy sector is really no exception. And, and that's something that consumers as well as utility companies are, are starting to realize. Yeah. Um, before we bring out the crystal ball, let's just quickly touch on the energy crisis in Sweden. Uh, Daniel, what's been the impact on customers? Have prices shot through the roof or has it been a bit less dramatic than in other countries in Sweden? Well, no. Same here. The price is really high. Uh, and I think many customers are really worried uh, what's waiting for them during uh, this winter. So many worried customers and really high prices right now. And how are you now even more pleased you are with where you're at with where where you've got to on energy insights uh are there yeah. new things that you're looking to do with it this winter are you accelerating your plans at all how how are you reacting in your role to the energy crisis well we try to like really respond to uh, customer uh, customer experience because i mean by by being in the mobile phones over customers we have increased our ex uh, accessibility enormously um, and the, the user-friendly interface makes the energy now easy to understand. We can be proactive in our communication and trying to be relevant to customers when it's relevant for them. Uh, and I think what we do is trying to really be there and support the customers, trying to guide them through the crisis as good as we, as we possibly can. Yeah. Is that more, have you had to grow your team or is that more intense work or? Um... It's more intense work, but I think it's more of a, a collaboration within the uh, company. I think like yeah. really forming the customer uh, service with the uh, digital development department along with the communication. Uh, yeah. It's more of an alignment. Yeah. Thomas and David, what opportunities do you see for customer engagement to help customers through this winter with the energy crisis? And is the energy sector really doing as much as it could in this area? Maybe Thomas um, and then David. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I, I think personally, I think there's a huge potential for, for customers to uh, kind of restrain the energy crisis by simply being more proactive and making these more uh, informed decisions on their energy consumption. Um, I actually, I recently read that if households in Europe uh, would to decrease their energy con consumption by, by only 5%, uh, we could actually go back to the same energy prices that we had in 2020. Mm -hmm. So it really shows that this is a collective effort. And I, I think the, the energy industry just need to kind of provide the right tools for it. What's your view, David? Yeah, well, I think um, I think overall the energy sector in Europe was quite slow to respond to the energy price crisis. I think perhaps understandably the, the focus internally uh, to start with, um, uh, but now obviously they are thinking very much about how to support 
their customers. Um, I think the the sort of hot topic of the moment in terms of the Energy Insights toolbox, as I mentioned earlier, is probably personalised energy advice. So really helping to inform customers how they can go about um, saving uh, energy and saving um, saving on their bills. And I think that's a huge opportunity, and not just now, because you know it can be ongoing if you can develop good habits uh, in customers. Uh, so if you can get you know, five percent savings, ten percent savings, you know, at scale, then that you know that helps at all levels, from the customer, from bad debt management at retailers to obviously the security of supply at the national level. Yeah. I mean, it seems the, the perfect time for energy retailers to push their energy insights and customer engagement work forwards and work in partnership with their customers. Um, okay, well, let's keep in our time, bring out the talking new energy crystal ball now. And I'll set the dial this week, I think, to five years time to 2027. And the question is, where will energy retailers be at with customer engagement and energy insights in 2027 in five years time. Daniel, we'll start with you first in your vision, maybe your roadmap, your strategy for where you want to be with HEM in five years. And then Thomas and David, uh, what you'd like to, to add to what Daniel says. So Daniel, five years time, HEM, customer engagement, uh, paint me a picture of the future. <laughs> well, well, my vision in five years' time is that customers are better educated. Uh, they have solid insights when it comes to their energy consumption. Uh, and when it comes to customer engagement, I'm, I'm sure we will see other challenges that only the future can tell us. But I think it's important to like continue adding new customer value and strive to make the everyday easier for the customer, pretty much. Focusing on making the energy sector easier to understand. Yeah, okay, easy to understand. Uh, Thomas, anything you'd like to add and expand to that? Right, so I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to keep it very short and say that the uh, the future is electric and most of all, it's looking very bright. We're short of time, but expand on that one more layer in terms of in what ways to use your, your pun on your company's name, is it looking bright? What what will customers be doing? What will you help be helping to enable customers to do? Right. But so obviously the, the buzzword here is engagement, customer engagement. Uh, we already see that customers now have a completely new interest in energy and, and that's going to be the main thing, I think, in the future as well. Um, but also, as we've touched on, I think that for customers as well as the utility providers, um, having a digital solution nowadays and in the future is not going to be like a, a nice to have feature. It's going to be a, a must have. Mm. Okay. That's Thanks, Thomas. David? Well, in uh, 2027, so looking back at the energy crisis of the early 2020s, um, I hope it's not going to be a missed opportunity. Um, and that's to look back then with a sense of pride or a sense of achievement. I think we need to be more ambitious now. Uh, firstly, to uh, engage more customers. Um, secondly, I think to move from information to action-led uh, insights. And thirdly, I think to better use energy insights as a platform for optimization services and to push for more sort of green energy technology in homes. Yeah, I think I'd, the bit that I think is going to be critical is action-led 
insights or insights that generate action and uh, as you say a platform a way of engaging customers to take action because a big part of the energy transition a big part of tackling the energy crisis will be customers taking action or taking action in partnership with service providers like a smart EV tariff, a heat pump, a solar panel, uh, a more efficient home, reducing consumption, as you said, Thomas, by 5% or 10%. So see, it sounds to me like we're on a journey. Uh, Daniel, I've loved hearing about the the journey that you've been on with HEM that you're now on um, and the way you're transforming, the way you engage with your customers. Thomas, all this needs digital platforms like Bright and, and others uh, are offering. And David, we might have 40 million customers using Energy Insight apps, which is great in Europe, but the challenge being not just using them for information, but using them to drive action. So um, that's a, a brief summary from my words on the discussion, but uh, really interesting to hear the specifics. Daniel, thanks very much for your time. Really enjoyed learning about what you're doing at him. Thank you very much. Uh, Thomas, thanks for sharing your experiences at Bright. Thank you, John. And David, thanks as always for your expertise and commentary. Thank you. Um, and most of all, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you haven't got an Energy Insights app yourself, then look at your energy provider or switch. Well, you might not be able to switch energy provider in today's climate, but uh, look at what you can do around Energy Insights for yourself and for the companies that you're working with. And look forward to welcoming you back to uh, the next episode next week. Thanks, everyone, and goodbye. If you enjoy the podcast, then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights, podcast transcripts, and download reports, all at www.lcpdelta.com. Thank you.